what a weird day. What, today or last night? Well, both. Like, yeah. processing what happened last night, which obviously we're going to have to start the show on. Right? Okay. What time did you leave? I left right before it happened. I left, um... I got out of the supporter section around, like, 72nd minute because I wanted okay. to pick up the glasses and, and go. I saw the Ben Spencer goal on the TVs as we were heading yeah. out, and I was just thinking, oh, cool, we got another goal. And so I totally didn't see it. How much so did they show? Or just tell me tell me what you saw. Well, okay, I was I was... I was not far behind you because I saw the Ben Spencer goal, but from like the side on the ground over by the uh, the El Hemador liquor booth over there, I was like right there because I was doing the same thing. I was heading out, going to grab my cup, get in line to grab my cup, and head out, out of there because my buddy wanted to go check out the uh, merch tent too. So I didn't see. I mean, it seems like solo shot the ball it hit lopez in the face deflects off of lopez spencer controls it and he scores off of it mm -hmm. and then from what i heard somebody from the south end throws a can onto the field and then from there i don't know what the fuck happened <laughs> a shot. yeah i'm looking it, it at was, i'm looking at I, because Los Dos said something first. So I... Okay. And I, I I pulled it up. I pulled up ESPN Plus. Like, once... I mean, it was obvious. It was apparent once I got up to the merch booth and after I got my cup everything that, like, some shit was going on because play had completely stopped. The clock was still running. And so, yeah, I pulled up on ESPN Plus, tried to go back, but I didn't get a good view. You couldn't see where something was thrown onto the field and, it, like, if it hit Lopez or what happened. But going back and looking at the replay, it is clear that that shot hits him directly in the mouth, and right after he starts bleeding. Um, and then I saw Aaron's whole conspiracy theory. <laughs> I'm like going great. through his tweets right now. What's the? Uh, what's well, the I mean, basically, what I got out of it was that the Los Dos was saying that Lopez was hit in the face by a can when that really wasn't the case. Um, the coach, I think, I mean, what I'm getting is he kind of instigated that and was saying he's hit in the face by a beer can when that's that's actually not how the bleeding started. Someone did throw something onto the field, but the first incident, it didn't hit a player. And then from what I remember, the ref has to take the players off of the field for five minutes so they're going to do that. The players are exiting the field, and then somebody from I think it was like one eleven or one ten or something, the rising fan this time, or confirmed rising fan because you could see who it was on the feed. They call him out on the ESPN Plus feed. He threw something and it hit Augustine Williams in the back. Yeah. So the only That's, the only one that was a confirmed hit was that guy. Correct. Correct. And that happened after the goal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the play had completely stopped. I think that, at that point, I think it was, like, close to the 80th 
it when they started walking off. Why did it stop in the first <clears throat> and then place? That guy. Yeah. Well, there was there was the goal and the celebration, and then Lopez went down with his face bloodied immediately after that. Because in the sequence in the run up to that goal, I believe. I mean, I, let me look back at it. I believe that's when he gets hit in the face by that Asante shot. Okay. I want to see what the USL Championship highlights show it as because I've been having yeah. difficulty getting onto my Plus account because I haven't used it in a while. Let's see. Yeah. The craziest thing was it just... Well, I went to bed at like 12, probably 12.15 last night, and I still didn't know whether we were getting it considered as a win or what the... What the case oh, was, yeah, I didn't it find was out like, like a oh. long delay. Oh yeah, um, very and long. They finally announced that yeah, it is going to come as a win. But the USL just released a statement five hours ago, and I want to read it. Oh yeah, I, I pulled it up. I was I was looking at it. It's 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 very short. <laughs> I think it's so two sentences. <laughs> So the so Lopez, he got hit by that Asante shot, and that's what was making I, him bleed. That's my understanding. And like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't like right behind the supporter section, so I didn't even see that sequence. I was from the side, and I just heard everyone screaming and turned and saw Spencer, um, as he was controlling the ball and banged it in. Goal. Unreal, dude. I mean, oh yeah. yeah, he did. The keeper did get hit in the face on that. Yep. And yep. then, wow, they don't even show it at all on the highlights. And that's the biggest thing that I kind of had a problem with was they weren't the the replays they kept showing in there. wasn't clear. It seemed like they like cut it out, and it it, it was it sucked because um, I don't remember who it was on the call, but somebody said that Lopez was hit with a face. One of the broadcasters and said said he was hit in the face with a beer, and and started all this stuff that. Yeah, it really didn't even actually happen. So it's unfortunate that that kind of was Dang, miscommunicated, only, I think. The only thing that that um, statement says is under league rules should a contest be abandoned after the 70th minute with one side holding a three-goal advantage, the result may be declared yeah. official. Which makes me feel like we got really lucky here because if that had happened before the 70th minute or if it was only like 2-1 or 3-1 like then do we have to finish that match the next day or do we just does is it a forfeit like who knows I don't know that's the thing I don't know what it some people were saying yeah it would be a forfeit it'd be a point deduction I mean it, I guess it still could be a point deduction if we get fined or something Hold on. Um, so Solo hits him in the face. It bounces off of Lopez, falls to Spencer. He hits it in. And I can't see. Hold on. I'm trying to see if right after the goal, if Lopez's face is bleeding. But you can't really tell. Did you see the picture of the guy, the rising fan who hit Williams walking out? Uh, yeah, it was like a big dude, right? Yeah, bigger guy. The worst part of it 
is his son's bawling in front of him. Oh my god! Crying his eyes out, little look like a little, you know, four or five year old boy. That's what people like were happy. saying afterwards. Is like, oh man, like he should be invited to a game or something like that. Well, yeah, absolutely, but yeah, his dad unfortunately can't come back. Nope. Which is it's just stupid, man. It's. That one especially for me. Like, I get the other one after the goal. And, and like people are saying, it wasn't even a rising fan, which I don't know. I wasn't there at that point. I can't confirm nor deny that. But that's supposedly it. I haven't heard who he was a supporter of. He, I assume he was just a neutral. But, uh... Wait, you're talking about the guy who threw it? But that second one is just... Oh, you're talking no, about the, the first, first one. The first one that threw something from the supporters not the guy the other guy the the one the rising fan that threw it he was yeah. wearing a drogba jersey it was clear who he was and he for. was not even in the supporters section he was on the east end right correct he was behind the benches okay yeah and then but the the first guy didn't hit anyone right i don't i don't think so that's what that's from what i saw and from what everyone else said that was in the supporter section. That no, that that beer can didn't hit um, Lopez. Okay, but it's it. I mean, it sucks because you don't know. I don't know. I want to know what was said between Rick Schantz and uh, what was it, Junior Gonzalez? Yeah, I'm finally getting access to the. I'm trying to read them right now lips but i'm not doing that good of a job he keeps turning his face away someone picked up the beer can do you ever do you ever have issues with like plus saying that you don't have a subscription when you do yeah man i can't even I have it through, like my my Apple ID, and because I bought it on my iPhone retardedly once, and now like if I try to get it um, on my ESPN account, like on a PC or something, it's not linking the two, and it won't work. And I base I contacted uh, ESPN Plus, and they told me it's a problem with Apple. I basically have to end it through Apple and then restart my subscription. <laughs> oh my goodness! That's so I know. I found that out. Um, when was it? Oh, before I was going to Tacoma because I was going to try and stream on my computer, but I ended up being able to <coughs> put it on the smart TV off my phone at the Airbnb. But still, it's uh, was not ideal. Fucking a, dude. wow. Yeah, it's, I don't know, man. To me, this. I mean, we can. It sucks. We can get into it. We don't have to know all the details, but. Um... Just, I guess, to the best of our ability, go through it, and, um... Yeah. Although, apparently, uh... Yeah, because to me, it really... Apparently, Devin Kerr said, uh, F that person who threw the bottles on the broadcast, which is pretty good. (laughs) That's pretty great. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, absolutely. I mean, that's... (laughs) Oh, shit. 
it had to have been that solo shot because it, he's bleeding. I don't think he was really bleeding from his mouth. To me, it looks like he was bleeding from his nose afterwards because he was shoving like gods up there. The goalie. Yeah. I don't think. All right, we can. To me, I don't think. You ready to get this started? Let's do it. Because it's going to be a long episode. Yeah. So, wait, do you want to start? Um, well, we're going to start by talking our way about backwards. the incident. Yeah, we're yeah, so going to work our, our way backwards. backwards as far as matches. I got but you. before even getting into the match, we have to talk about the incident and like how we really dodged a bullet and that will not happen again. And so as as far as... As far as we don't get deducted point-wise or anything... Well, we still we, don't know yet. That's what I'm saying. So, just as of right now, we've clinched Western Conference, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, and, and the, the thing is, like, a one or two point deduction would be completely justified. Yeah. And, Maybe I mean, one it's, point. But. That's the thing. It would be unfortunate. I'll be, I'll be really keen to see how they handle this. But but I don't know. I mean, what was the punishment for Reno in the past? Do you remember? Did Reno have an incident where they hit the guy? Yeah, remember I they hit an OKC player and split his eye open. Oh geez. Yeah. I don't yeah. remember hearing about a point deduction, so I don't know. That's kind of what I'm thinking. If they haven't done it in the past, I don't. So I don't know. Probably a fine then. That's what I would think, too. All right, I'm ready when you are. Okay. Then in three... Oh, hang on. Hi, this is Dominic Kearns with the Rising is One podcast. We had a beautiful episode for you guys on Sunday, 90 minutes. We recapped all three matches more in depth than anything that you guys are going to hear today because like the fans that were banned for life, our episode has disappeared. It has gone into the wilderness. Unlike the winning streak, which has survived and it reached 20, that episode is gone. You guys got to hear the first 12 minutes and then the rest faded into oblivion as I think my mic cord got disconnected for like two or three seconds. So, anyways, I'm going to try to do the best I can with the limited time I have this morning. It's Tuesday morning, September 17th. And I'll give you guys some recaps of the matches. Try to give you guys something to work with. So, bear with me. It'll be a bit of a blur. Definitely not how I wanted it to go, but... Life is a string of happy accidents and you make do, right? Speaking of uh, happy accidents, Phoenix Rising gets a 4-1 win over Los Dos on Saturday the 14th. Probably their best performance since 6-0 over Austin. And one could argue this was even better than that. This is a very comprehensive win. It all gets started with Peter Lee Vassal, um, who Rick Schantz has shown a lot of confidence in. Gets into the starting 11, wins a penalty kick in the first seven minutes. He just gets very obviously shoved down in the box. Um, the lowest dose player commits a yellow card offense. Ref points right to the spot. And Solomon Asante 
buries it with a trademark penalty in the bottom left corner. Um, their goalie, Eric Lopez, actually made a good jump to his right side, but he could not save this shot because he just placed it so perfectly. Um, unlike early in the year when Abraham Rodriguez was able to save it because it wasn't quite in that corner. This time, Asante absolutely pinpoints location, makes it 1-0. And then moments later, PLV with his first assist in a Phoenix Rising uniform. Finds Junior Flemings. Junior Flemings takes a couple touches as he is wont to do. Cuts in on the left side with his right foot. And then he just absolutely has a little worm burner. Um, you know, in baseball, just the little ground ball that sneaks through the hole. That's what this shot was. Flemings does not have much pace on this shot from over 20 yards out. But the ball just keeps curling away from the goalie just inside the left post, almost the exact same spot where Asante's penalty went. And it's in, and it's 2-0. And you love to see that from Junior Flemings, having the confidence to take that chance and the precision of the finish. You know, last year, so many times we'd see guys blast shots like that and miss the target. Especially in matches where we were looking for that breakthrough goal. Well, this year, Flemings has frequently shown that when he's on... He can use that precision and find the right spot on his shots. And he did it right there. Makes the score 2-0. Phoenix rising inside of the first 20 minutes. You know, after that, kudos to Los Dos. They played this game. They went for it. They did not just sit back, try to limit the damage. They actually gave it a good go. And Augustine Williams almost half the deficit for them in the 34th minute had a nice curling effort inside the box that went inches wide of the left post with Zach Lubin helpless to save it. Los Dos still tried to attack and they, they had their fair share of shots, but Phoenix Rising also had some opportunities. And because Los Dos was willing to play us toe-to-toe, -to -toe, in the 45th minute, Phoenix Rising gets a free kick opportunity and Solo Asante makes them pay, putting in a textbook ball Junior Fleming's right there to head it in, and then he does his little skip celebration as his tradition, making the score 3-0 at the half. Brilliant first half from Phoenix Rising. Again, just a very complete performance, and a couple notes that I had in this match. PLV was just dynamic. Winning a penalty, getting an assist, being very involved in the build-up play. You know, on a night where Bakero and Aginaga were both gone, PLV stepped into Bakero's role as a creator and excelled. Possibly even better than Bakero, which is no uh, small task. I mean, PLV showed exactly why Rick Schantz has so much confidence in him. He showed why he can step in from LAFC and make a major impact down the stretch. And he could be a guy that has that Tristan Blackman role down the stretch. Not the same position, but a guy that comes right into the starting 11 and becomes a key part of the rotation as Rising pursues its USL Cup. So 3-0 at the half. And excuse me for a second, I'm about to cough. <coughs> and everyone's feeling good about that at that point. Moving into the second half, Los Dos makes two substitutions, one of them being Ethan Zubak coming on. He's really in that super sub role for them. 
and you know he tried to make an impact but didn't do too much for them in fact Los Dos was lucky to not be down to 10 men when you know Phoenix picked up a couple yellows in the first half that weren't the prettiest plays um Kavon Lambert and AJ Cochran but in the 51st minute Kai Kareniak just goes really hard into Amadou Dia and I don't know why this isn't a red card I mean he goes studs up gets there late we've seen much softer stuff called as red cards in this league you know if you're going to call the one you guys remember the game back in Tulsa where Tulsa picked up a red card this challenge was much stronger than that here the ref only pulls out a yellow and uh you know with that happening in the supporter section and most of the fans were pretty irate about that yet it goes on and they keep playing down 0-3 and much later in the match Kareniak actually gets credited with a goal um I understand you gotta officially credit him since his effort was on target but you know honestly Kareni puts the ball in it looks more like a cross hoping to find Augustine Williams on the end but it gets redirected by AJ Cochran into the back and that Lubin has no chance there just one of those weird plays that happens in soccer you can't really you can't really fault Cochran at all for it you can't really fault Lubin at all for it just a weird play but no car wash this time which honestly we were coming off two straight shutouts you can't be too upset about that if you didn't wash your car one of those other times I don't know what to tell you and besides nature took care of that stuff last night so I think everyone's gonna be fine later on moments later Ben Spencer comes on as a substitute for Adam John and you know it's a real shame that all the stuff that we talked about earlier with the bottles overshadows a beautiful goal by Ben Spencer Asante you know the whole sequence gets started by a nice ball from Joe Farrell who had himself a nice game in, in a starting spot. Um, Farrell hasn't been a regular starter, but he's shown that he's starting quality every time he goes out there. He gets a great ball up for Solomon Asante. Asante one-on-one with Lopez. Lopez makes a decent save, but the ball kicks right in Ben Spencer's direction, who still has a lot of work to do, by the way, because there's a low-dose defender tracking back with him. The ball is kind of taking a weird bounce where it's definitely not right in his shooting uh, bread basket. So Spencer has, has to turn around and turn around so that he's able to left foot volley this. He's able to one time left foot volley this ball with the right amount of touch because it's so easy to miss hit that shot. But he just hits it so softly, so perfectly into the net with his left foot on a one time first touch of the match to make it 4-1 brilliant brilliant finish I don't know if it's going to be one of the options for goal of the week probably not I'm sure there were a few better ones out there but still a beautiful finish by Ben Spencer and one that if you're looking at it from a pure technique standpoint that's beautiful technique because any other way that Spencer approaches this the defenders are going to have more time to track back Lopez is going to have more time to get back in his net. Spencer understands that time is more important than anything else here. And so he executes the technique. He turns his body in a spot where he can volley this ball. And then volleys it with the right amount of touch so it's not skyrocketing into the, into the river back there. And he makes it 4-1. Beautiful goal. 
and unfortunately chaos erupts after that but we already got into that so there's no need to do that anymore um just want to give a shout out there for ben spencer and really to the whole team for just an outstanding performance in this 4-1 win the win clinched phoenix rising's first western conference title in franchise history regular season western conference title in franchise history they had already set the all-time points record they're now within six points of setting the usl all-time points record up to 71 and still five matches left to play so you gotta like the chances of them breaking fc cincinnati's all-time usl points record um, as long as there are no deductions or anything that we're unaware of at the moment Let's move it back a little bit, go back to Wednesday's game against Las Vegas. We won't spend as much time on this one, but the key here is I'm right by Sky Harbor. We're the realest podcast that, that roams the streets of Phoenix. Their point here is a heavily rotated squad featuring Carl Wazinski, his first USL start in who knows how long, probably since the Colorado Springs match. Um, and actually, that is his first USL start since the Colorado Springs match back in late March, early April. Um, well, here he comes up big, gets a shutout. He makes that save at the end. A lot of rotation in this match, too. You see Jason Johnson make his first start since very, very early in the season. Um, you also saw uh, Bjornfin start at left back. You saw Austin Ledbetter get a start in this match. Um very interesting squad rotation no Solomon Asante for 84 minutes in this match um, Kalistri gets a good spot start um, yeah so it's it's JJ John and Kalistri up top that's a look that we've never seen this year and despite having a squad that was heavily rotated a squad that doesn't play together a lot they showed the ability to hang in there on the road against a decent Western Conference side. Not not anyone that's going to shake things up, but as much as some people in this fan base like to shit on Vegas, they're a respectable team, especially at home. But Phoenix hangs in there. They go blow for blow. Vegas has a couple decent chances. James Moose almost scored on a banger in the first half. Um, so just a fun game like that. You know, early in the second half, there were great chances before Adam John broke through with the goal. First, Junior Fleming's almost puts the team on his back um, with a ball that comes onto his foot around midfield. Two Las Vegas defenders tracking back with him, but he dribbles the ball to the 18, uses amazing move, um, fakes right, goes left to get around the defender, and then puts a very solid left foot shot that was bound for the back of the net. Um, unfortunately, Thomas Olsen is able to tip the ball to the side for a corner kick. And quite frankly, that's a brilliant save by Olsen because that ball was goal-bound, and that was a very composed finish by Johnson. That, that shot's either kissing off the post and in or just inside the post and in. I mean, that ball was in a great spot, so it really had to be an instant impact save by Olsen there. Then moments later... Las Vegas actually gets a glorious opportunity around the 60th minute. Um, the ball bounces in the box, and their striker, Preston, who had some decent looks in this match. I kind of liked his speed. I kind of liked his... Uh, I liked what he brought to the table a little bit. Not a guy I was expecting to see. 
up top for Vegas. He has a glorious chance to just head the ball past Carl. He's onside. If he puts that towards the left post, we're down. And there's nothing we can say about that. We're going to be down. But he heads it right at Carl with no pace. Luckiest moment of the match for Phoenix Rising fans. And uh, it stays scoreless, but not for long because moments later, Adam John being the stone-cold assassin he is. Shout out Joe Lowry for being the first to tweet that. Um, ball gets played in the box by Solo. Uh, Las Vegas defender blocks it, but the ball goes right to Adam John. And again, knowing that time is of the essence here and he can catch people off guard with a quick shot, rips it one times at left foot. No chance for Thomas Olsen. It's right in the back of the net. And that's all the Phoenix needed on that night. You know, after that, Vegas was showing some ambition, um, trying to get back in this match. But they really didn't have a lot of quality chances after that. The only one of note was, you know, the very last minute of stoppage time where they put a shot on frame, but even that shot never going to trouble Carl Wazinski right in his breadbasket. He makes the catch, and it finishes 1-0 to Phoenix Rising. Uh, not a game that anyone's going to point to as a uh, key match in the season, but it does show the character this team has, you know, a heavily rotated squad, and they go out there, they, they look like a solid team, even with all the rotation. They go out there and they handle their business against a respectable USL squad, a playoff-caliber team at home. So a good win by Rising on Wednesday. Going back to last Saturday, Kyle had some interesting analysis about this one that is now lost forever, but I didn't see much of this match. I was out in San Diego just getting real weird with it. It was a, it was a fun weekend. It was my bachelor weekend, so um, all I saw from this match was that we won late in the match, and then I, uh, I did a fun drunk tweet about it, and life was good, but... You know, I didn't see too much. I saw that San Antonio had more shots on target and more shots total than Phoenix Rising in this match. Um, I heard that it was a very um, rough game and there were limited opportunities for both sides. I had a feeling it would play out like the 2-1 Sac Republic home win earlier in this streak. And that's what it sounds like. You know, we both had pretty strong first team lineups in. Um, the Asante Pirano debate. Some will say that Asante convincingly wrapped that one up with his free kick winner in the 87th minute. If you look at Asante and Pirano's numbers in the month of August, they're almost identical. I mean, I know that people like to uh, hate on anyone who isn't Phoenix Rising, but Christian Pirano is really a quality player. I mean, this dude is going places. He doesn't play on a team that provides as many opportunities as Asante and Phoenix Rising, but he makes the most of these opportunities. The kid's only 20. He was in the River Plate Academy. Um, he was actually in an Argentinian FC Barcelona Academy for a couple years way when he was young, but the dude can play. Um, we saw glimpses of that in this match. But really, this was just going to be a tough physical match, and, and Kyle was saying it reminded him of the San Antonio match from 2017, where they came into our building, and we were just stymied. We should have had the win, but we were stymied, and then they pulled out 
a late winner. Um, thankfully, things went the other way this time. Solomon Asante sets up for a late uh, free kick from about 20 yards out. And this is something <coughs> I had mentioned <coughs> with Kyle. You know, you think about quality free kick takers in that situation. Asante is probably not the first name that comes to mind. Although he will be after last or after that free kick on uh, Saturday, September 7th. You know, in my mind, I'm thinking about, look at how good Bacaro has been in free kick duties this year. Look at how good Jason Johnson is when he's healthy. Those are the guys that come to mind more than Solomon Asante, who had not scored a free kick goal this season for Phoenix Rising. And yet, here, crucial situation, game on the line, he rifles one off the left post, and it sneaks just inside the uh, the right post there. That had to be such a nervy moment, you know, that one or two seconds where the ball is just on the goal line. You're waiting to see if it makes it in or not after it bangs off the left post, but it did. And a huge win to keep the streak alive for Phoenix Rising. Again, another one of these wins in the streak that show that the guys just won't quit, won't give up. And I think more than anything else, this is Solomon Asante putting the team on his back, wearing the captain's armband, having that champion mentality and saying, we will not be denied. Whatever it takes, I will find a way to make it happen for Phoenix Rising. And that's really what he's done all year. So definitely an MVP moment from the presumptive favorite to win USL MVP. Um, you know, a little team news. It goes without saying that Zante was USL Player of the Month. Rick Schantz was USL Coach of the Month for the month of August. So congratulations to those guys. Both very well-deserved honors. Um, what Rick Schantz has done with this team keeping the streak alive, I don't, I don't know if anything like it will be repeated anytime soon. This team has just won six matches in 22 days. Do you understand how difficult that is to do when we've already been on such a long streak? Some of these matches, we've had a ton of rotation. Several of these matches on the road, and he just finds a way to put quality groups out on the pitch that find a way to get the job done. And now we're looking at six wins in 22 days, 20 wins overall. The streak continues. Absolutely incredible accomplishment for Rick Schantz and for Solomon Asante. And these boys just don't have any quit in them. So that's the match recaps. Um, really, I'll, I'll try to briefly go through uh, Western Conference stuff, but it's not going to be quite the same analysis as we would have had had Sunday's episode not gone into oblivion. Interesting Western Conference scores from the uh, from the weekend. Um, oh gosh, Orange County just continues to win. They just always find a way. This time they get a two nil win over El Paso. Goals in either half see Orange County win and move up into the fifth place spot in the Western Conference. Um, good on Orange County. They just continue to find a way. Probably the most eye-opening result, Las Vegas wins 3-1 over Fresno at home. Fresno takes an early lead in this match. 
But then Las Vegas gets a goal before halftime and then two goals in the second half. Irvin Parra finishes the scoring with a penalty kick and Vegas stays in the hunt with that 3-1 win. Sack Public left it very late on Sunday against RGV, but an 81st-minute winner gets them the 2-1 home victory and sees them move up in the standings. And Reno holds on for a 2-1 win over Austin Bold on the road on Sunday. Um, goals from Corey Herzog and Danny Misovsky are enough to get past Austin, who scores through Kleber in the 41st minute. A couple other scores to mention. New Mexico um, gets one step closer to winning the Four Corners Cup with a 3-1 win over Colorado Springs. It's a hat trick from big Devin Sandoval to give New Mexico a crucial three points in their playoff quest. I'll, I'll go over what that means for the Four Corners Cup in a second. San Antonio with 3-1 home winner over OKC Energy. San Antonio getting goals from Castillo, Lopez, and Harris. No goals from Pirano, but still a comprehensive win over OKC, who now finds themselves in a very tough spot in the Western Conference. And Real Monarchs, 5-1 over Timbers 2. After a very promising start, Timbers 2 just has not maintained that form in the second half of the season. Now looking very unlikely to make the playoffs, but a huge win for Monarchs to get them into that top 4-5 hunt. Here's the standings in the Western Conference right now. Phoenix Rising, first place with 71. Reno and Fresno both on 50 points in second and third place. But uh, Fresno has two matches in hand on Reno. In fourth place, we got Sac Republic with 43. Fifth place, Orange County with 42. Rail Monarchs and Austin Bold both on 40 points. Um, but Monarchs only 27 matches played. Eighth place, we got New Mexico with 40. Ninth, Los Dos with 39. San Antonio and OKC Energy, both with 37 points. That's in the 10th and 11th positions. El Paso with 36 points. They're in 12th. Timbers 2 and Vegas in 13th and 14th with 35 points each. And then the teams that don't matter, RGV, Tulsa, Colorado Springs, and Sounders 2. So that's a look at the standings. We were talking about which team will make it, which team won't, of the ones... One team that won't make it that's in, one team that will make it that's out. And we both think that El Paso, still with seven matches to play, only one point off that last spot, can find a way to get in there, and it just wouldn't feel right if they're not one of the ten best squads. And then on the other end, Los Dos, um, looking like a team that's vulnerable, even though they've had very impressive form. But my sleeper pick for this is Austin, because they've also been in poor form, very poor form, the last few weeks. I mean, only two wins in their last eight, and those two wins against Tulsa and Colorado Springs. So Austin is not setting the world on fire. However, I think they have enough of a cushion, three points ahead of the last uh, non-playoff team, to sneak their way in. But it's all going to be fun down the stretch. Um, and, and my final thought here was, you know, don't take things for granted. This is a beautiful 20-game winning streak. Going to San Diego and spending time with great friends, and then uh, coming back home and seeing the the father of one of my fiance's very close friends pass away on a Monday due to a car accident. Um, it all put into perspective how fragile this life can be, and 
on a less serious note, turning it to Phoenix Rising, you know, how fragile these moments can be and how they can uh, never be taken for granted. I don't think we're ever going to see a 20-match winning streak again. I love this team, but I feel very confident in saying that this streak won't happen again. So really savor it. Don't get so caught up in any negativity that you have to go on Twitter rampages or throw beer bottles onto the pitch. There's just no place for that stuff. Um, And really, you're just doing yourself a disservice when you have that mentality. Just enjoy it. Soak it in. Live in the moment. This unbelievable moment. Um, That's what I think Phoenix Rising's players are doing right now. And so I just implore all the fans to have that same attitude about it. Because what we're witnessing right now is absolute history in the making. Um, And it's beautiful stuff. Phoenix Rising will travel to Fresno next weekend in a very, very difficult match. Kickoff time will be 7 p.m., I believe. Let me get a confirmation on that for all you listeners. It's going to be a 7.30 kickoff. So that'll be fun Saturday night. Hopefully a 21st win. Hopefully our street can drink legally. Um, And that's the precursor to Saturday, September 28th absolutely critical match at New Mexico. If New Mexico wins that match against us, they will win the Four Corners Cup. If we can at least salvage a draw, that puts us in the driver's seat to win the Four Corners Cup. So really, it all comes down to that match on the 28th for the Four Corners Cup. Truly epic match. I hope to see some of you guys there. Just bought my tickets and I cannot wait. So, until next week, this is Dominic Kearns. Thank you guys for your time. Apologies for the hour and a half that went into the abyss but enjoy the uprising we'll be back hopefully with a full squad next weekend it's gonna be fun the rising is one podcast is sponsored by the arizona sports complex home of the north phoenix soccer league summer futsal box lacrosse league and summer high school advanced league Please visit the Arizona Sports Complex and tell them the Risings One podcast sent you. This episode is brought to you by Roughneck Scarves and Golden Gold Press. Thanks to our sponsor, Golden Gold Press, the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items just yourself and your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price from other places at goldengoldpress.com. Also, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Thanks also to the Beautiful Game Network and all the other excellent podcasts that you can find covering soccer and all things USL.